You're listening to the Jerry and Jacoby podcast, Success Without Sacrifice, a podcast by two entrepreneurs at different stages of life, sharing real life experiences, managing a successful business and family life. It's honest talk about lessons learned, balancing family, faith, business, and personal growth on the journey of making our dreams a reality. Now, here are your hosts, Jerry and Jacoby. Hey everyone, I want to welcome you to the Jerry and Jacoby podcast, Success Without Sacrifice. I'm Jacoby here with my good friend and co-host, Jerry. In every episode, we'll be bringing you honest conversations about what really matters and how to create success without sacrificing the things you love the most. And on this week's episode, we're going to be talking about what is true success. And so there's, you know, been a few things that have happened recently that uh, we kind of want to talk about. Plus, I just got back from our EXP, an EXP conference that was absolutely amazing down in Cabo. And we were talking about success down there. And so it really got my head to thinking, what is success? We talk about it all the time, but I like the fact that we're talking this week. What is true success? Yeah, so what brought this to light was some news this week of Bill and Melinda Gates separating, getting divorced. And the big news was that there was no prenup in place. And I always find that interesting that, you know, should that have mattered? Like, should that be the big news? You know, he made all his money when she was by his side. And I'm sure she played a big role in who he was and how successful he's become. Uh, and I use that word loosely successful because uh, as we talk on the podcast, true success uh, and this whole idea of success without sacrifice, what does that look like? And so that just got me intrigued. So I did uh, some extensive research, you know, um, went on Google and Googled most successful people. And the top two were Bill Gates and Steve Jobs which I find really interesting because if you look at their life, I don't know that I'm putting them in the top two most successful people in the world. Yeah, really good point. And so, yeah, what is true success? And so everybody has their ideas of success. The thing I think is interesting is when you look it up or you Google it, I guarantee you the people that are going to come up up top are going to be probably the most successful people like financially or in their job, if they're, if they're an athlete, you know, if they, you know, won a championship or, or that sort of thing. And so the question is, or the question that I have that comes to mind for me is like, what is success? What is true success? And so the thing I would want to know, cause I'm not, you know, I'm not, uh, um, I guess you could say, you know, judging Bill and Melinda Gates. But what I would want to do is if I knew him, I would want to say, man, do you truly think you're successful? You know, did you put your marriage on a pedestal to where having a good marriage would consider you successful? You know, so I would be interested to hear if I was, you know, with, if I had that relationship with him, I'd want to know, like, where did he put that or where does that fall in line with him? Because for us, it's success without sacrificing the things you love the most, you know, which is why we came up with this podcast. So for us, our uh, success 
partly is our marriages, you know, our marriages, our kids, our relationship with our kids, our relationship with our friends and our community and our family, and then also being successful at, you know, work and all that as well. Yeah, I think when we say like, oh, who's successful or the most successful people, I think uh, it goes in a couple levels. Like one, we, at least me, um, I first start to think of the people that I think uh, television, news, media, like social media, how the, the people that they put on a pedestal. And then I go to uh, who are the people that I think are successful. And so like as an example, my list of in just – it was like, okay, who's successful? And that was just, this was my gut reaction. You know, I put Gates, Jobs, Bezos, Tiger Woods, Kobe Bryant, Michael Jordan. And for some reason, I thought this one was weird that it came to my head was David Goggins. And I think uh, I struggle, uh, I struggle putting him on a pedestal as somewhat successful. But, you know, when he came out with his book, like he was the rage, everyone was just like, you know, this is the man you got to have him, you know, he was hitting all the podcasts and everyone was talking about, this is the book you have to read. And so I think, uh, at least in our industry, and I think it extended from our industry, you know, people put him on a pedestal as someone that was successful. And then the second, as I move on, I got to break it down and I'm like, okay, so we start to think of successful people. And then I'm like, well, you know, Bill Gates isn't successful, you know, his, uh, his marriage is failing. I'm like, okay, well, in my mind, that's not success, but maybe the marriage wasn't a priority to him. Like you said, you don't, we don't, we have no idea. And so it's kind of, as we broke it down over the last year, this podcast is success really comes down to what does that look like for you in your life? And I think, uh, I don't know if you're ready to bring it into the conversation or not, but uh, I'm going to make you when that, the speaker you saw at EXP, um, I think he broke it down and you, know, you shared a story about a speaker at that EXP conference who talked about success. What was it that he said? Yeah, basically what he said and it really what got me thinking, of, I mean, I didn't know we were going to talk about this topic, but what he said was, is the first thing he came out with is he says, what is success? And then he was like, turn to your neighbor and tell them what your definition of success is. And so everybody had almost a different, everybody had a different, you know, definition of success, but there was the number one theme that came out of that one was freedom, right? So being able to do like what you want to do with who, being able to do whatever you want to do, whenever you want to do it at any time, essentially is really what the, what it came down to. But I think you have to break it down a little bit more than that. And so his definition is, was just basically getting what you want that's what success is. And so I think that's exactly right. But I think you do have to break it down and think about what do you want? How do you get there? And what cost is it going to take you to get those things, right? And so you can't, you can have everything, but you can't have everything, I guess, yeah. kind of thing is what I want to say. Like, if you want to have if you want to have extreme amounts of money, you're probably going to have to put in some time at work. If you are at work, you're probably going to, you know, at a time period, in that time period, your relationships might lack a little bit, you know? And so actually looking at how you do that and how do you 
integrate your life together in order to get those things. So the bottom line is what he said is getting what you want is basically what success is. But I think, but here's the key though, I think is like, we think about what we want. And then at the end of the day, like, cause it's easy to connect the dots looking back, right? Hindsight is 2020. But when you get what you want at the end of the day, was that really what you wanted and the things that you sacrificed to get there, were they worth it? I think is really a good question to ask, to think about. Wow. That's crazy. Yeah. I think that goes back to unpack that. uh, Yeah. Maybe next episode. That one's crazy in that because it's still, you just have to, you got to keep backing up and try to develop what a clear plan for success is. Like what does success look like to you and try to be really clear on what you want success in your life to look like. And it's going to be easier to answer that question later down the road. You know, you always refer to uh, one of the things that, you know, that was spoke volumes to you in this, you know, in this topic was every time you saw one of the, you know, military leaders retire in their speeches, they always had regrets, like massive amounts of regrets. But yet, in the eyes of the the Air Force, they were successful, but they didn't feel successful. That's exactly, yeah, that's exactly right. And so for me, that is, uh, whenever I had kids, yeah, exactly what you're saying. Whenever I had kids, I knew I wanted to be there for them. I think part of that is because my dad was always, he was always there for everything that I did, right? So he never missed, I think when I was in college, when I played football in college, he missed one game out of like the four years that I played. And the only reason why he missed that one game is because he was sick, like in the hospital sick. Like if he was, they were on the road for all your games, every game, dude, every away game. Yeah. Every away game, everything. So he was, he was always there. My dad coached every, we have a different philosophy on coaching, but he was my coach for everything that we did. So if we did, you know, flag football, baseball, basketball. My dad was my coach. He was there. He was at every game. He did. He was just involved in absolutely everything. So I think part of me, even though sometimes I that was like annoying to me, <laughs> that is one thing that uh, I love, like, you know, I love about my parents is no matter what, I knew they were going to be there, you know? And so that's just one blessing that I had. And so that's something I always wanted that I always want with my, you know, my, my kids as well. So. So I want to go back to when that speaker came on the stage and he asked, uh, what is success? So what was your answer? What'd you tell your neighbor? Yeah. Basically what I told my neighbor was, is I thought it was just freedom and I didn't really define it down like (laughs) specifically because he didn't really give us a lot of time, which also says to me, I need to, I need to, think about it a little bit more. But the only thing I could think about was freedom. But success to me is is having a great relationship with with Andrea, having a great relationship with my kids, being successful in my my businesses and that thing. So the part of that is being able to do whatever you want, whenever you want. And so that's the that's the point I want to get at. And then also the other thing that popped in my head is being able to to help people whenever they need help you know? And so for me, I always think about when somebody has a need, 
I don't want to ever be like, man, I'd love to be able to help that person out, but I just don't have enough cash to be able to help them. Like I want to be in a position where it's like, yes, I will do. Yeah. You got that problem. Bam, here it is. Let's do it. And so those are the things that popped in my head, but the overall theme for me was just freedom. Do you think of William Wallace when you say it? <laughs> freedom. You know, I've, I've watched, uh, <laughs> the, it's, it's the Patriot, right? Braveheart. 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 <laughs> <laughs> Braveheart. I've watched yeah. that a couple of times, but I haven't, I think I've been distracted when I watched it. So I don't like know the exact details, yeah. details of that whole, that whole thing. <laughs> that and Gladiator, like those two are like. They're the same movie. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're both. Yeah. Um, when we, it's funny. Cause when we talk top five movies, like, you know, th- people do that all the time. Like who, what are your top five movies? And, uh, um, I always, uh, and I love those, I love Braveheart and Gladiator, uh, but it, it only gets one count for me though. Cause it's the same movie to me. Yeah, like it's the, it's the same story. It's the, so that's why it only gets uh, one count. Makes sense, man. So what about you? You weren't at the event, but what is your definition of success? Yeah, I really like the idea of success for me is like, I look at my life and I don't think I need to be the most valuable player because some of, you know, my garbage in the past is I really had to come off of this idea of like, I was, uh, I was never going to quite be good enough. Like it was like, I always felt like I was the, uh, the second place guy or I wasn't going to earn an MVP, but I could, you know, I could be a hard worker. Um, I could, I feel like in life, uh, and I don't feel like this anymore, but how I had to wrestle through this idea that I was always going to be a role player. And as long as I could play my role well, I never needed to worry about being the leader. I always had a desire to to be the leader, but never f- felt like I was worthy or had the ability or the skill set to do it. And so that's stuff that I wrestled with. So the idea of, for me of being successful is moving that needle forward in life. And I want to leave, I guess the word would be legacy, but I want to be the most improved player in, in my life. And from the cards I was dealt, you know, in, in my childhood and as I was growing up, if I can come out of that as uh, improved and I moved my family legacy forward, I think that is going to be, I look at that as successful. I love it. I was thinking, I was just thinking about you had your folks. I was, um, who would be my top, you know, top folks for success as, as a success. And so one thing that I always think about now, uh, because I had like my spiritual mentor that, that I had. And when I, whenever I, Andrea and I lived in Florida, one of the verses like that we always or that I think about is it's like rooted down in my heart is like Hebrews it's Hebrews 13 7 and it says remember your leaders who spoke the word of God to you consider the outcome of consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith and so like whenever we would always talk about like that verse it always makes me think like who 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 do I want to look up to And I always look at like the outcome of their life, you know, like people can say a lot of things and people say stuff that looks good and all that. But, you know, it's like what you're doing speaks so loudly. I can't even hear what you're saying, you know, and so actions speak louder than words. And so I just had a lot of tenants that came out of 
out of that time when we were in Florida. And the other things are like, you know, when somebody speaks, I oftentimes look at their wife whenever they speak and their, their wives reactions, like can tell you a lot about a person, like whenever they speak, because, you know, we say like your wife's body language can't lie. Like whenever you speak, so if you're somebody's <laughs> yeah. talking, or even if I'm talking, I encourage people to like, do that. Like look at Andrea, whenever I talk, like, does it match up? Like watch what people do. And so it's like, consider the outcome of their way of life. And so and then imitate their faith and like imitate who they are and what they do, you know? And so that's like one thing also that, that I look at, it's like the outcomes and the fruit that you produce, like, what does that look like? You know? And I think it's one of the things I wrestle with a lot is this idea of, you know, are you successful? Are you not successful? You know, cause I used to have this thought that like you had to have it all figured out to be considered successful and, um, I definitely don't think that's true anymore. Or there was a point in my life, I always equate this to as a Christian, I used to think like pastors were without sin. And I think that's partially, you know, in the church that, you know, they get put on a pedestal in that way. But it was the, like, they were so mature in their faith that they had it figured out and they didn't sin. And being in a church for 35 years, I've kind of figured out that that's not the truth. Yeah. There's only one so. person who did, who lived a life like that. Right. Correct. I was yep. actually thinking about this, like actually yesterday I was thinking about it because it came up in jujitsu. Right. So we're getting ready for this probably by the time that Jesus and jujitsu, Jesus and jujitsu. Probably <laughs> by the time this, there's your new podcast. <laughs> yeah. Probably by the time this episode comes out, this tournament will already be done. Uh, but we have a major tournament coming up. It's no gi pan, like the no gi pan American championship coming up. And so our sensei was talking to us and he was just saying, you know, like, the things you do are like in the past. And so it really got, got me to thinking there are very few people. So using like fighting and jujitsu and even just sports in general, very few teams, very few people that are undefeated, right. That have zero losses. And so you think about like, if you are an MMA fan, I think about like John Jones, who's like one of the best to ever do it in, uh, combat sports. I think he has like one either loss or no contest and he didn't even lose that match. He like illegally struck somebody and they, he, he didn't win the match, but he's won every single match that he's been, that he's been in. And those people are very, very few and far between. Um, well, that's what so, I love about, that's what I love. I'll get, I'll sneak this in while you're talking. Um, that's what I love about MMA versus like boxing. Cause in boxing, one loss in like it, you're looked down upon in that world. And I don't know a ton about the boxing world, but in the MMA world, like you can lose and come back and you can have two or three losses and still come back. Exactly. Um, that's what I really like about MMA. Exactly. And so the thing I was thinking about, what, what it really got me thinking about is like, number one, either you have to be very, very talented, like the best of the best to have zero losses, or you're not you're not growing and you're not putting yourself out there. Right. And so that was really something I was thinking about the other day. And so I was like, man, like I'm gonna, I'm gonna have losses. I'm going to do things wrong. I'm going to let people down. But the question is, is like, how do you respond to that? And how do you move? How do you move forward? Like that is the key. And so our sensei, that's what he was saying. He was like, you know, 
we had four guys that won a world championship last year. He's like, Jacoby won, I won, Dustin and another guy named CJ in our gym. And he's like, but they have lost since then. Like they've lost matches. So it's like, you're a world champion, but you lost. And so the question is, what do you do with those losses for one? And also, what do you do with your victories? Like you can't sit on a victory and think, oh, I've made it either, you know? And so same thing with how you were talking about a, a pastor, or like if you're a follower of Christ, it's like when you come to Christ, like it ain't over. Like, as a matter of fact, it might get harder. You know what I mean? And so those are like the things I was just thinking through, like tenets of, which I think helps you change your definition of success, right? So did the, uh, I know a couple of weeks ago, and I could be off on my time frame here a little bit, but you, um, I think you were down in Florida and you got two silvers. Uh, was that correct? Two silver uh, medals? Well, my last event, I don't even remember, man. <laughs> Which was weird. Well, and the only thing that pointed out was you had two silvers and I wanted to ask you then, I probably should have, so you remember, like how that made you feel because you've been on a pretty solid run of gold medals in, in your tournaments. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know which, which tournament that was definitely the last tournament I had. I got, I got, uh, oh yeah, it was the last tournament down in, uh, down in Houston. I got two silvers. Yeah. So like the thing is, is like you have success when you're, when you first start. And so for me, I'm, I'm like developing a different game. And so I'm like, actually taking more risk in order to to get better and so i think that's what it is is like i'm trying to develop my game figure out what i'm good at and what i can do i could definitely win like to be honest i could win every single probably win every single match because i know how to play like the rules and all of that and so i could stand on the feet for forever and like just play around and then score at the very end, or I can actually take that, take that opportunity to try to make myself better. And the thing is, is like when you practice in training, it's one thing, but when you actually go to an event, the environment is totally different. So I can be like awesome in the training room and then go to an event because your nerves are so high. It's somebody you don't know that you're competing against and like still not perform and be like really good. And so, you know, all of those factors play into it. But what I would say is that, you know, I'm trying new things. I'm trying to develop myself. And if you do that, sometimes you have to go backwards in order to go forward. Yeah, I watched all the videos. I'll give your YouTube channel a little plug. It's the BJJ Realtor on YouTube. Yeah. Uh, go check him out. He posts all his stuff. And uh, the one thing I like about Jacoby is he posts not only his wins, he posts his losses as well. And, but I watched all of them. And the one thing I noticed about how, because I've watched probably most of your matches and tournaments, I've watched how you've developed and, and what you're saying is showed itself. I could tell you're being way more aggressive. Uh, you're way more aggressive than most of the people you're uh, going against. You even like on one of the matches, like you pulled guard. I'm like, Oh, check him out. Look at him go. <laughs> like, uh, um, and so, yeah, I, what you're saying is is spot on. I did notice that you're trying different things and um, you've really developed the game. Yeah, and so I think the key point there, though, is like I'm not – like wins and losses don't define who I am, for one, you know? And so for me, I I want to be – by the time I get to, let's say, black belt or whatever, 
I, I want to be like really good overall at jujitsu. I don't just want to have like one thing that pigeonhole that I'm in. Like, of course, as I get better, I'll start to develop one thing, but I'm so new in jujitsu. I literally still don't know anything. For instance, the last match I had, the guy who I actually lost, I got submitted. I got submitted and it was like, I've, I'd never seen the, the, I've seen the submission he did before, but I literally have never, I've seen it on YouTube. I've never seen it in person. I've never had it applied on me. And so I like literally didn't even know. So I wasn't even mad after the match was over. I was just like, man, it's like a learning experience. And because I got second, I'm like, I was Jacoby when I came on the mat. I'm Jacoby when I got off. I have three kids. I got my wife is here. She still loves me. Like my teammates still love me. Literally nothing has changed except I got an extra, I got another silver medal. Yeah. So I think that was the one, was he on the bottom and guard would, and submitted you? So yeah. from the video, at first I couldn't tell who won. Like I couldn't <laughs> tell who was like the way the video angle was. I'm like, I had to rewind it and then bring it back. I'm like, yeah. Oh. So it just for funny. people that are listening, like, yeah, normally in jujitsu. So it's like you take, I took, I actually took the guy down or he tried and he tried an attack, didn't make it. I passed his guard, which passing guard, you get, you get three points for that. And so like, I was actually winning on points and then it's like, oh, I'm in a an advantageous attacking position and he actually submitted me. And so, yeah, yep. you know, it's, it's wild. <laughs> so anyway, so anyway, we'll get back on topic of the success. Talking about success. I also, I wanted to bring up if you haven't seen that Kobe Bryant, Patrick bet David interview, I believe it's actually Kobe Bryant's last interview. Kobe's intriguing to me on the success level, because I think of like the great athletes, like the Tiger Woods, the Michael Phelps, the Michael Jordans, the, you know, I think he balanced his life. Like, you could see his family, and this wasn't early in his career, but later in his career, I, I think this is was really evident about how important his family was to his success. Even if you talk about like the game he uh, tore or he um, he ruptured his Achilles, um, he tells a story how he was in the locker room after, and his wife and kids came back, and he knew right there that he had to come back from this and play basketball because that's who he needed to show how life works. And so that was a priority to him to, in his success was coming back from adversity. And he wanted to demonstrate that to his wife and kids. Um, and uh, he was doing some really amazing things post basketball, like uh, as an author, a publisher, getting into movies, um, doing a ton. And so, and then he was really involved in his kids' lives. Uh, so I was pretty, I mean, that was, uh, I really wanted to see how his life was going to play out. And it's a shame uh, that he passed away the way he did. Uh, because I think, um, I don't think he got to realize, you know, when we talk about success without sacrifice, he knows he sacrificed some things for these years, and he didn't end up getting these years. Uh, mm -hmm. So it's just interesting how life works. And then um, we've talked on the podcast before about, uh, I just drew a blank on the, uh, the six-part series about Jordan, Jordan Rules on Netflix. And, you know, I've shared, like, Kobe's interview with uh, Patrick Bet David and, like, and Cooper and I, with Cooper. Cooper and I have watched the Jordan Rules and, 
the other day, Cooper, we were, uh, Cooper was actually inside playing a video game, but then uh, we have a new family next door and they've got a couple of kids his age told Cooper why he didn't come out and see if the kids want to do something. And so he came out and asked the boys if they wanted to play wiffle ball in the backyard. And so they went back and they played for a little while. And then all of a sudden they, he came running around front and he got a football to take to the backyard. And then they played for a bit and then the the kids went home and Cooper comes out and he goes, yeah, I don't think uh, wiffle balls in the cards for them. They weren't real interested and they, um, Cooper plays a ton of baseball, and if you get a kid that doesn't play any baseball, you know, it's just two different worlds. And and that was that. I mean, he uh, he got the introduction with the neighbors. Um, you know, we were able to open that, and, you know, it's important to us to build a relationship with them, and so that really helped. Uh, it was the day – it was the next day we're in, the, in my truck, and uh, Cooper and I have some really good conversations in the truck. Um I try for the most part to stay off the phone uh, when he's in the truck with me. And um, if I'm off the phone, he needs to be off his phone. And so we're always trying to have some conversations. Uh, that rule does get broken occasionally, but that's, uh, that's something we try to do. And he says, you know, the other day, um, you know, with the, with the neighbor kids, like it got me thinking, um, you know, when I hear stories about Kobe and Jordan and and how they have to sacrifice relationships with people to to be the best at what they're doing, like how do I how do I make that balance between you know spending time with them or should I be spending time hitting off the tee or you know, spending time with them or should we be doing a bullpen session or should I be, you know, speed and agility? Where does that come into play? And so for us, the relationships are as important because, you know, as Christian, we want to represent Christ to the world and we definitely want to represent Christ to our neighbors. Um, we want to be good neighbors. So that was a, I mean, I thought that was a pretty heavy question for a 14 year old. Uh, I'm not sure I thought would have thought of something like that until I was about 30. Um, and so it, it helped us to have a really good conversation about relationships with people. And then it probably took a, it, it took a little parenting turn <laughs> that he probably wasn't expected. And I'm like, well, you're talking about trying to make a decision between like working at your craft or spending time with people, but what other time, you know, like how much time do you spend watching TikTok or YouTube videos or playing a video game? Like now you have to start looking at all of that if these are the questions you're going to ask. And so uh, it just led to a great conversation about this idea of what does it look to be successful and what things should be priorities uh, to make that success happen. Those are really good conversations. And so normally, and yeah, I like, like what you're saying. Like normally you wouldn't think about those things until you're, yeah, a little bit older, but that is a, that's a really, really good point and something to be thinking about. Cause most people don't think about those things until they get to like the end of their life. Right. They're like, man, I wish I would have done this, or I wish I would have done that or spent more time with this person. And so I like to reflect on things like that a lot. Like that's the type, those are the type of things that I like to think about. And so just like that verse we were talking about earlier, like consider the outcome uh, of your leaders, their way of life. And so I always look at people and I say, man, at the end of their life, at the, I want to say at the end of my life, like I spent my time wisely, 
Like I did, I spent time with people that I wanted to be with. I didn't do things that were, that didn't matter, you know? And so, and we never, you never, the always, the thing that always, here's a question that haunts me, right? Or here's the thing that haunts me now that I bring this up is like, your life expectancy. So we do these exercises all the time. Like, okay, what's the average lifespan of the average male or whatever, you know, it's 93 years old, whatever it is. Okay. You're 37 years old. And now like you only have, you know, this many years left, which is this many days, which is this many hours. And so now you like start thinking like, Oh, that's not a lot of time. So then that like puts some pressure on you to start like actually doing what really matters. Well, the thing that always pops up in my head, is like, how do I know I haven't lived 90% of my life already? Like, I think about this all the time. And uh, my dad will tell me, like, my dad's 70. He'll be almost 80. I don't know how old he is, but he's close to 80. And he's always like, man, I don't have much time left here on earth. And every time he says that, what pops in my head is like, man, I don't know how much time I have on earth. Like, I could pass away before my dad. You know what I mean? Like, there, nothing is guaranteed you know? And so that's one thing that, that I always think about. And so, and really what that circles back to is just what you were saying with Coop, like, what is the best use of my time essentially? Like what is, which comes back to like, what is success, you know? And so that's a really great conversation to be having, you know? And it's funny how those conversations come up too, you know, it's like y'all are just riding in the car because you're spending time together you know, who knows if that question, if that conversation even comes up, if you're not intentional about your time with your son, you know? That was a good one. And that was one of those ones where uh, we had pulled in the driveway, already hit park. And so usually we're popping out of the truck and he, he must've been pondering that one. It's good, man. The thing I think about too. So you're like talking about like um, successful folks. Like when I think of like successful people, like I always think, so I just want to drill home this, this point of like, when you're looking at people, even if you're looking for inspiration or whatever, consider the outcome of people's lives. And so people that I kind of think of as that I looked up to are like Kurt Warner is one person that I really, really like, because the guy, like he, well, he probably is a great athlete, but in terms of like the NFL, like he wasn't drafted. Like he took, he was like, ended up getting cut and then bagging groceries. Bagging groceries two years later in the Super Bowl. Yeah. At a shopping center or whatever. Then, you know, arena football to the NFL, you know? So if you, depending on where you cut off and look at his journey, could not be considered a success. You know, he's got a, he's from the most, from what I know, he's got a good marriage with his wife. Like he's also a believer as well. So like our, our interest align in that, that way as well. So he's one person that I think about. The other person I think about is like Tim Tebow. Like I like that Mm -hmm. dude. I don't know if I would take the approach that he takes on certain things, but I really admire him for who he is and like what he does. And all the things that, you know, he's out there helping folks and helping them do. And so I've, my standards have really changed on like who I see as successful and who are the people that I actually look up to, you know? And so I, I often draw like inspiration from like Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant, those guys. But when I look at it, especially, (laughs) you know, what's kind of funny is like, you're kind of tell your age when you were talking about the, uh, Michael Jordan thing because you said the Jordan rules. Yeah, wasn't that the name of the thing though? No, no, it was oh. not. 
<laughs> the Jordan Rules is like a book back in 19... Oh, well, the Jordan Rules were the, the you know, Pistons. Like, that's yeah, what there. year was so, that? Like, I don't know, 92? Yeah, yeah 89 probably. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Back when the Pistons were good. They haven't been good in I don't know how long. Easy. <laughs> so anyway, but whenever like that documentary came out, it and like what I saw is like, it seemed, he seemed like, and it might be the fact that these guys are so good. There's not a lot of people that they can relate to as well, but it just seemed kind of lonely. You know what I mean? Like it just seemed kind of lonely, like where he was at and like the position he was in. So like, those are the things I look at and he might be the happiest guy on earth. I don't know at all, but I'm just, laughing. I just looked it up. I said, Jordan rules. It's the last dance. Yeah. It's the last yeah. dance. It had nothing to do with Jordan. It was actually about the Chicago bulls, but I like how you did that. <laughs> You talk to the kids today about actually the kids today don't even really talk about Michael Jordan. And if you said the Jordan yeah. rules, I know what you're talking about, but they would have no clue what you're Correct. talking about. It's like an eight track. Now the eight tracks are older than me. Come on. <laughs> uh, I made it to cassette tapes. Nice. All right. Well, I think that's a, a great conversation on it. I mean, it actually gave me a couple of things that we can talk about in the future too. Like actually it would be solid, solid episodes. So I think we can wrap it up here. Um, but before we do, uh, we're going to go ahead and take a couple minutes for our feature piece, Time to Invest. Hey, hey, welcome to Time to Invest. Today, I want to talk to you about an opportunity that's out there for getting properties at a reduced price. The real estate market is crazy right now. Um, I hear that all the time. How's the market? It's crazy. It's crazy. It's crazy. That seems to be the key word. And what that means uh, is the inventory's low. And so pricing's up because there's multiple offers and there's lots of buyers for every house that's getting listed. So for right now, that's the way it is. But one of the ways that we're seeing that we can get properties at a discount for our investors is we are purchasing tenant-occupied homes. So what that means is we go to someone who owns a rental and we want to find out if they want to sell it. And a lot of times uh, right now, especially some out-of-state uh, owners are looking to sell their rental because they no longer want to take on the responsibility. Now, what that means is the new buyer or my client is taking on the risk of a tenant that they didn't do their due diligence on. And so there's some risk inherent with that, but that right now is a risk that the investors have been willing to take in some instances to be able to purchase the property at a discounted rate. And so right now, that is one way that we are buying properties. We've probably bought, let's see, you know, four or five of them in the last four months uh, that way where it's tenant occupied. And we have had some headaches. We've had to get some people out of the home. Uh, luckily, we to date, we have not had to evict anyone, but that doesn't mean that that's not going to be part of the process. So that is a risk the investors willing to take. So take a look at tenant-occupied homes, and that's a good spot to get a discount. Welcome back. Love that episode feature of Time to Invest. So today was awesome talking about what is true success and what is that going to look like when you get to the end of your life. And I think to have clarity on what is true success, um, if you're going to look at it from the idea of, you know, the end of your life or, you know, later in life, you know, what started the conversation was the news that Bill and Melinda Gates were getting a divorce. So what is true success? Um, I think really 
has to start now uh, in defining what is success going to look like in your life. Because uh, your definition of success uh, is going to be different than my definition of success. Even if we use similar words like, you know, freedom or money or, you know, the, the terms that are used along with success and what we think it is. So for every one of us, we're going to have a different story of what it looks like to have true success. Uh, so today was great conversation. Some of the stuff that we talked about, uh, I'd encourage you to check out Hebrews 13.7. That was a solid, solid verse that Jacoby shared. Uh, the other thing, if you have not seen the Kobe uh, Patrick Bet David interview, you can go to Valuetainment on YouTube and see that. Uh, we'll go ahead and put the link to that interview in the notes. You can also check out in the notes, we'll put Hebrews 13.7. Um, the one thing that I would love off of this conversation is uh, go ahead and you can always check us out on our Facebook group, Success Without Sacrifice, and love to have these conversations uh, in the group about this. Um, we haven't had a ton of conversations on the page specifically, but uh, a lot of our topics have led to some really, really good conversations with people that are listening, um, and some off-the-page conversations have been terrific. Really appreciate you checking us out. And as always, if you liked the podcast, go ahead and give us a five-star rating and a written review would be much appreciated. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Jerry and Jacoby podcast. If you walked away with something of value, we hope you'll share it with a friend. And don't forget to subscribe on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast so you get notification of all new episodes. 